boys, my uh, my game this past weekend was exactly like the place where I practice right next to the trash cans. It was absolute trash this week. <laughs> Worst round of the season. Oof. Oh. It's yeah. all right, man. It, it happens. It happens to the best of us. It's that August burnout, you know? We're all feeling it. It's been hot. It's been a hot summer. Muggy summer. And uh, it's been a lot of swings made. They're not all going to be good swings. A lot of technique changed, proven, molded. You know, you, you can't get mad at yeah. yourself, man. You yeah. just got to keep swinging that garbage until the garbage just disappears. Oh. Welcome to another episode of Good Lies Golf. I'm Ryan Sherman, and this is a big week, the Tour Championship. I have across the way Zach Grossman and our other co-host Brendan Lawson, who shot the worst round of his life this week. Shh, don't tell anybody. But we're back. We're here to give you the best in all things golf. Talking about Zalatoris, a couple of injuries there. Tiger Woods, the new video game, back on the scene. And then we got a new league of super friends forming. All hot stuff and more, along with the tour championship info you need this week to win some big bucks. So without further ado, welcome to another episode of Good Lies Golf. Cheers. Yeah, coming in hot for the week. Lots to talk about. Our boy, Will Zalatoris, out of the most important championship of the year, especially for him after he just won and $18 million first place purse. Really tough timing for that guy. Yeah. Fresh off his first win, he put so much time in this year, so many heartbreaks, and to get the first W and then to herniate a couple, two, three discs. Yeah. Really, really painful. Uh, you, I and did want to ask: Did did you think that happened during one of his putting strokes from three feet, or was it <laughs> swing related? He said it was on the third hole Damn, of the third bro. round. Yeah, yeah. Oh, all right. Taking a shot at our boy Willie Z's putting stroke, man. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I mean, the win wasn't enough for Zach to to I, solidify the man. I feel like that putting stroke he put on on the ball last week from three feet. That little Zorro move was uh, worth a little bit of a little bit of a shot. You <laughs> know, you had to had to give him something because he, he wins, drops a couple of clutch putts towards the end. He's, you know, vindicated. And then he comes out the very next week. Chunky monkey. Most people would be brimming with confidence. And he throws one, pulls it so far inside and then just redirects it off the toe that that putter face was going in every direction and i mean the entertainment value is incredible <laughs> Zach's a big fan now just to talk about injury cuz i know you've hurt yourself probably out there golfing when long spurts doing a yeah, lot of matches absolutely what's what does that feel like when you get an injury in golf and is it's more of a, a long injury right because you're not really you're utilizing different types of muscles you're not yeah, you flexing get a, your average muscle. You get a lot of back injuries in golf from all the torque that you put, especially on your lower back. These guys, 
get our in ice baths every day. I just saw something with Justin Thomas and Michael Phelps on ice baths, how they take them every day. And if they don't, they, they don't feel right. Yeah. Uh, the amount of preparation for a sport where you're only actively athletic kind of for maybe an hour out of the four and a half, five hours you're actually out there. Yeah. It's incredible how much strain it puts on your body trying to get that little white ball to fly as far as you can get it. I mean, yeah. you, you look at Zalatoris, how much distance he gets, how much torque on the backswing, how that spine twists, Cam Young, Justin Thomas. These guys are getting every single ounce of strength and, and movement out of it. And movement. Yeah. It's so it's really impressive to watch, but there's a lot of wear and tear on your body, even though a lot of people associate golf with uh, kind of more of a geriatric type of feeling to it. You <laughs> well, know, retirement you could, sport. You could be like John Daly, where you just, you know, you don't pull fat. Yeah, you can't. That's that's true. <laughs> can't argue with them, man. You cannot pull fat. Yeah, like I'm sitting here trying to think of something else to say after that, but it, I can't because... It doesn't even make sense how that guy's <laughs> never been injured, but it does. And he says, why? It can't pull back. Yeah. It's, it makes sense, man. The John Daly approach. If you just nourish your soul with what it needs, your body will follow. I guess that's the, yeah. Yeah. I guess that's the type. Kind of like, He's yeah. so talented. He can just, you know, throw tons of, uh, McDonald's cigarettes. S- wait, wait, wait. Side note though. Okay. So yeah. bonus question for a John Daly, even though we segued into John Daly somehow. Would he have been the greatest golfer to ever live if he actually took it serious, like Tiger took it serious? Hmm. I think the magic is lost if he takes it seriously. Is that what it is? Like yeah. he's, his magic was forever lost if he did take it that serious? Yeah, I so, think he's the best because of the way the approach he took. Like he just Tiger... walked up, shit on everybody's court, and then went home. And was like, I did this without even like being in shape, without even giving a shit, without even you know, putting in all this work that you guys put in, um, you know, yeah, I can do it without it. You yeah. know, like that's almost in a sense, like you said, a more badass way to do it. Absolutely. And you got Tiger. This, this may be a hot take. I don't know. But I think if <laughs> Tiger was ripping cigs and smoking Miller Lite since he was eight years old, I don't think the career would have panned out the same way. <laughs> no, for sure. Right. I mean, the style, the style is what makes them, especially JD. I mean, He's not JD to your point if he's not doing the things he does the way he does them. If he's not getting fucked yeah. up at the strip club until, you know, 5 a.m. and he's got a 6.40 tee time, walking up, hit one ball in the range, maybe not even, probably not even. I think he just, what do you say? He just chugs some Diet Cokes, eats some oh, peanut yeah. M&Ms. And yeah, eat some it. M&Ms. He, he would just be a regular Pat Perez if he didn't. You know, yeah, absolutely. And I, I did also want to point out that I would say that in this one specific way, John Daly is the current Arnold Palmer because he has the alcoholic Arnold Palmer named after him. But oh, John yeah. Daly oh, is the Arnold Palmer with vodka. Sure. And I don't I think that's probably the next popular beverage behind a transfusion on the golf course. Oh, I don't yeah, know. That's, can, that's, oh, you peep the left and right. Can you guys think of another one? Yeah. We that's, just had a golf outing a few months ago in Ohio, and I think we can attest that we took out at least 200 of those in a weekend. 
John Daly's. Oh yeah, at least between our group. Of course, ran out of booze. Yeah, they ran out of. Oh. Yeah, they ran out of Tito's because we just sold them out of Tito's. So that wow. happened. Yeah, and, and speaking of back injuries and bad decisions, Tiger Woods. I mean, PGA oh, yeah. Tour, two K twenty three, the video game. It's back. How stoked are you guys? I'm so hyped. Oh my god, that was one of the best parts of my childhood. Playing and, that and Tony Hawk. And it's Those. a collab with Michael Jordan, too. It's like a little MJ's got his fingers in there a little bit. So you can probably like bet MJ money on the course virtually every oh. hole. No, I'm just... maybe the Grove is in there. The uh, his course down in Florida. Maybe that's one of the I'm options. Gonna say, yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, I hope you can play his course, but only as him. Right. Because it's, it's completely set up to his style of play. So, yeah, it, yeah. that would be cheating, though. That would be like playing odd job and Goldeneye. <laughs> right. No, no. James Bond, another fantastic game from the early 2000s. Goldeneye. No one wanted to be Boris. Mm. You know, Boris got such a bad rap. Yeah. Poor Boris, that son of a bitch. Never got, never got picked. Wow. Yeah. Great video game. I actually still have it. I think it's sitting right behind us. Oh. N64. But I'm just so excited. He's actually, Tiger's an executive director, and he's advising the game development team. So you know the gameplay is going to be peak level. He's, you know Tiger's having fun going in there with his son, you know, putting on those little sticky ball things, and he's like doing all the animation, and he's in the green rooms, green screens, and they're probably having a blast. I mean, I can only imagine he involves his family or his kids or Charlie or whoever in that process. I can only imagine. Oh, yeah. And, and Tiger is such an incredible gamer himself. He self-admittedly plays video games as it's one of his biggest hobbies. So for him to be able to just go completely in depth and look at this game from every possible angle and see where he can improve or where he wants the game to look differently, that's pretty cool. It's pretty <laughs> pretty uh, special. And it's equally as cool that while he's doing that somewhere, Tiger Woods is doing the game for that. There is equally some group of idiots getting wasted, just fucking around playing adult mini golf on that thing. So, you know, <laughs> total variance in the playing field there of the video games. And I think that makes me excited to know that maybe at some point in college when me and Brendan were really drunk playing golf video games that maybe we were playing against Tiger Woods. You never know. It could have happened. Hey, it's possible. But hey, let's call out the elephant in the room, right? You were talking about actually creating the game, putting those balls, you know, that like ball suit on. How many balls do you think it takes to uh, cover up that tiger tail, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Probably uh, plus or minus 15. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, and, and Tiger Woods is just doing a bunch of everything right now. His partnership with Rory, how they're doing this whole thing for the PGA and kind of putting them on their backs and, and taking the lead on it. They're starting a new sports golf program called Tomorrow, and it's basically a technology company that'll build like tech-focused ventures that gives progressive approaches to esports and media, entertainment, all that good stuff. And the first set of events is going to be the TGL, which I think Brendan knows a little thing or two about. Yeah, this new tech-infused league, right? So Tiger, Rory came together, Clash of the Titans for the good of golf. Man, one of the uh, ventures they've come up with here. True. Pretty unique, pretty cool. I'm excited to see it. Not sure how it unfold um, or what it'll end up becoming ultimately but i think we have a pretty cool concept here so right we got 
six teams comprised of three PGA Tour players. Um, so you have top-tier talent. It's going to be 15 regular season events uh, occurring on Monday night. Uh, so it's, you night. get your prime-time matches. Mm. That's right, dude. Let's go, man. Love it that it's not just on the weekend anymore, right? Yep. On your wife is that, love we, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll have to check back and see what the uh, divorce rates are after <laughs> Monday night. The country's rates. divorce rates. Jesus, man! Between that Monday night football, oh, yeah. we're going to see a lot of divorces. But um, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, back to back to this. So basically, it's it's going to be pretty cool. It's going to take place. Uh, on a virtual course, they're going to have a tech-infused short game complex. So imagine essentially sitting around in an arena, looking down at a green. You have the pen, you have the putting surface, you have the bunkers on the outside. Uh, so you're going to see a lot of cool shot shaping, some short game play. Um, and then the thing that really kind of is the cherry on top here, right, is every shot that takes place within that two-hour time frame is going to be live so it's basically your own red zone experience red for zone. golf yeah gonna be epic it's it's incredible and and the arena format too it being all enclosed like that in very close quarters that's intimidating when you have people screaming at you especially golfers aren't used to that because they're used to this like quiet energy imagine if you can just be as rowdy as you want kind of like the waste management and you can kind of be whatever and let's yeah. see how loud we can get this thing you know i think that's gonna be interesting but yeah 100 percent. especially once these guys start playing on the the green complex there uh you know typically on tour maybe on like the 18th hole there's never really a big true kind of arena feel i mean you might have some stands covering you know up to 40 percent of that green complex right. so to have it a full 360 view uh, to your it's point, pretty, man, pretty could sick. get a little rowdy. Be a really sweet experience, especially if they sell alcohol, which I'm assuming they're going to. I mean, come on, don't be stupid. They must. Yeah, but so lots of updates, lots of big things happening in the PGA Tour. They're really trying to throw a competitive torch to Live Golf, and it's so exciting to see what they're creating. And I think just these titans of golf coming together and saying, "Oh, this is how we're going to pair together." The new players are getting 500k if they participate in 14 events you know they're, they're trying to do all these competitive things for the sake of greater golf and i think that's so great i i really think that that's pushing competitive nature yeah. and, and we can almost thank live golf for that because they're the ones creating all of this pressure that yeah. are now getting you know this conversation started and it's only going to help inclusivity and everything else if there's these things across the country maybe that's how people get involved and start their love for the game it's all about getting more people to play golf, right? So if this new fun format can get new golfers or attract new youthful players to the game of golf, that's their goal, right? So pair that with the mini golf chain that Tiger Woods is opening or whatever it is across the country. It's like, okay, take that too. You're, you're just adding things more and more. Top golf is becoming more popular. They're opening up all across the country. Right, it's like, you know, th right. these things are trending. We're seeing it. So we're just seeing it more so in real time now with the PGA Tour and, and because of pressures from the outside and other sources and private leagues and such. Yeah, it's interesting, too. And I don't know if you guys were able to catch, uh, you know, Rory talking about all the changes that are taking place. But, yeah. 
he's basically was saying that, you know, we all have blinders on and it's so true. We do uh, with regards to Tiger Woods because, you know, we've grown up with him and we know that he's the best or the greatest to ever play or, or one of the greatest to ever play, depending on who you are, how you feel about uh, those two guys. Um, but basically he's phasing out of, of his prime. I mean, he's, sure. he's been phased yeah, out yeah, of his of prime. He's yeah. playing less events. So with that, that being said, he is also the biggest draw to the game of golf, and he has been for years and years and years and years. We have to start thinking about what's going to be that next big draw, what's going to bring more people to the game, like you were saying, Sherm, right? So it's pretty cool the fact that Tiger, he understands that as well, and he's being a part of this process and talking through and bringing up ideas and looking for partnerships. So it's a pretty unique situation that we're finding ourselves in. Sure. And I think to even add to that, on the opposite side of the legacy, it's we've seen Tiger as the greatest champion that golf's ever seen. Now we're going to see him as perhaps one of the best designers of format or designers of a course or creator of a tournament or director of something like he's now going to be taking on other roles and other positions that are going to greatly significantly improve golf. So we're not even seeing, you know, it's like, it's like watching an actor become a director and then watching the director become the owner of a studio. It's like, you know, and then they're producing all these movies and all this content. It's like, it's just, you're watching somebody in their finest form. It's like, we don't even know if tiger's in his finest form yet. Like, is he the greatest golfer of all time? Or will he go down as the greatest golf influence of all time like you know we don't know like what else is he gonna do is he gonna start creating courses is he gonna make his own league one day is he gonna create these for like he's only getting started he's in his what 40s like yeah he's still in his 40s so it's like he there's a whole lot of life left to live and a lot of people didn't do shit until they're 45 years old so just imagine the potential that's left in his lifetime to still do so much good like think about a guy like kobe bryant after you win everything, after you win it all, he's creating youth foundations and youth clubs and and, and he's, he's involved in the WNBA and like uplifting all that. It's like, what is Tiger going to do now for the game and the sport now that he's not competing to Brendan's point? It's, it's exciting. It's really, it's like we're in like exciting waters where we're like seeing Tiger transition out of the field and into the front office. And we're like, okay, now what is he going to do? Okay. He won the world series in 86, but like, now what's he going to do in the front office to make the rest of the game insane for the next 30 years? Right. Yeah, it's very cool interesting. It's a good perspective on it. Yeah. Yeah, and, and speaking of Tiger, again, I mean, the Tour Championship coming up this week. He's a three-time winner. Guy knows a thing or two about winning the Tour Championship. Crazy. He had that last dramatic finish in 2018 when everybody was going ape shit on the course and freaking out and surrounding him, and it was just probably the coolest thing to watch on television. And we come back this week again, East Lake Golf Club in Atlanta, Georgia, par 70, 7,319 yards, Bermuda grass greens, Donald Ross design, epic competition. You have 30 of the world's best golfers. This is it. The finale, the grand finale. This is it. The end of the season. This is going to be huge. The, the par 70 at East Lake. That's almost 7,400, 7,350 is a yeah. beast of a course. Beast. And it's interesting because the course was is very old. It was built 1904. Uh, as you said, Donald Ross was a designer. Bobby Jones, it was his home course growing up. The house that Bobby Jones built, yeah. The house that Bobby Jones built. And 
it's endured through the years, the renovation work that's happened. Bobby's grandson, great-grandson, Reese Jones, who's a pretty prolific sure. architect, modern architect, um, fixed it up, added some length to it. And this course is does not give up low scores easily. The 18th hole is pretty famous here as the par three finishing yeah. hole. It's a absolute monster. monster. Guys are going to be hitting long irons, if not hybrids, woods into it. I know Kevin Kisner, although he may not be playing this week, would be hitting something long in there. Um, not sure why I had to throw him, him under the bus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Kisner the Spaniard, right? Yeah. Oh, Kisner, yeah, the Spaniard, yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the ball Spaniard. doesn't fly so far in Spain. <laughs> <laughs> For those who don't get that joke in our first podcast episode we ever released on Good Lies Golf, Zach was describing Spaniard golfers and he threw Kevin Kisner's name in there by accident. And we actually left it in the first episode of the podcast when we first launched. And we wondered why our episode was an hour and 45 minutes long. It was because at the end of the 40 hour and 45, there was a tiny little clip of Zach saying that that I saved for later. and It was hilarious, but. Can't, get, Kisner, an, can't get away with anything on this podcast, no. but I like it. Nothing is safe. We need to be held accountable. <laughs> but honestly, I'm glad you brought up Kisner because a man of his caliber on the approach would be needed on a week like this. Yeah. You're, you're talking about undulation in the greens that are insane. You need to pinpoint place every shot. And if you don't, you're having a real hard time putting on those greens especially if you're Willis Altoris. So yes. I think this week it is crucially important to be an accurate approach golfer, and that's what Kiz is. So I think, speaking of what components you need to win this week, you're going to have to approach well. So yeah, if you're not, absolutely. forget about it. Yep, a good approach to the green and short game is really, really important on a course that's pretty big. Um, you've got Zach Johnson with the course record here at 60. But you need accuracy, under. too, even though with, with all the bombs and everything else, it's not really a bomber yeah. course. It's more accuracy, but just you still need distance because that approach shot matters so much. You need to be able to set up that second shot to where you're lining it up, yeah. not, not being able to shoot around something to get there because you're already yeah. having a tough time placing it. And we'll also see what the rough's like this week. I mean, Bermuda rough historically on on tour courses can be an absolute nightmare so if if you're not accurate you could be faced with some maybe not jumpers you might be just getting some buried balls that aren't spinning at all on these greens so keeping it in play is important every week on tour but this week i think it's probably going to be a premium and does that mean that these golfers are working on these things specifically because they know the course has these certain points or are they just like kind of working on their whole game as a whole? Like when you play tournaments and you know what course it's on and you know how that course plays, are you now changing aspects of your game to complement that course or are you just kind of working on the finer points of what you know that course is going to ask from you? Yeah, I would say you're, lo you're working on whatever you're going to be hitting the most of. If you're hitting a lot of wedges, you want to really tune into that part of the game but you also want to be on the course thinking strategy getting up on a tee box is a lot different than looking at a scorecard so actually feeling like what club you're comfortable with off the tee standing there seeing the shots how they bounce how they play off of each 
um, uh, each slope out there. That can be really important because comfort is everything in golf. So if you're comfortable over a tee shot that has a 20 yard landing area and you you're hitting your driver 320, then that's a really tiny window to have success in. And some of these guys are, are great with it, but most people under those pressure circumstances are going to really feel the heat and want to lay back and kind of, um, get a little bit more conservative. Right. And, and that being said to that, that was kind of what I was going to segue into was the positions. So a guy like Scotty who knows that he has to play a certain way for this course just to play well, he's already got a 10 stroke lead. So, or I guess he's got a two-stroke lead over Patrick Cantlay, but still, yeah. he's got a 10-stroke lead of the guy in the even field. So it's like, how does that play into it? It's like, okay, I can afford for those two holes that I struggle with on my game XYZ, I can afford to just kind of lay it up and play it safe because I have those two strokes. So really, right. this week is a little different where your positions kind of matter a little bit more mentally into your actual thought of attacking the course, I'm sure, because they know they have extra strokes to give. Yeah, it it would be interesting. I've never played in a in an event where you have this staggered type of format. Yeah. But I I would be interested to see if there are if that factors into these guys' mentality, into the mentality that the the top players have. Scotty, sure. Cantlay, Xander, all these guys. I don't know. Maybe maybe they're thinking about this. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's a it's a good point as far as mentality with having, you know, the multiple stroke lead for Scheffler, but to be honest, I mean, is that a whole lot if he's only up two strokes, especially on like someone like Cantlay over the course of four days? I mean, two strokes should be one hole, right? So, yeah. I mean, how big a factor does that really point. play? Two strokes to Cantlay, but at the same time, he's nine strokes ahead of a guy like Morikawa, who's well. Nasty yeah, I mean, I, I definitely so it's think crazy, it, it, you know? slims, like, it slims the win factor for the majority, of, or I wouldn't say the majority, but a big portion of the field. Sure. You know, there's only a handful of guys that can actually probably win the tournament. But for those guys, maybe that are within three, four strokes over the course of four days, like how big a lead actually is that? Right. And right. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm asking you, Zach. I've sure. never, I've never played in a big tournament before. So, well, when scoring is slim and courses you. are hard, you know, you're adding strokes to your game if you're fucking up. So I think just as easy as that point, it, it is. It is. Yeah. I mean, I think this is a perfect time now more than ever. Our last set of picks for the PGA Tour season. Wow. Mm. We're here. And sentimental Zach, moment. Clearly, yeah, sentimental moment. Zach clearly won for the year. He blew me and Brendan away with like 11 or 12 wins. Me and Brendan have half that right. tied. But we're me and Brendan are battling for second place this week. So big week for me and Brendan duking it out for second place because loser of the whole thing, we're going to think of something embarrassing for them to do. So. Super embarrassing. So, and I, I mean, I'd like to also add that I came – Came dead last this Zach past week. Did so. come dead last this week, so he will be starting off right now with his picks. Zach, bring him off, baby. Let's hear. Him. All right. So, this is an interesting format this week with the staggered field. Yes. The ten under. Everyone's got a different score to start. So I'm I'm going with J T Poston. Yep. 
I think he's he's kind of a no-brainer. His value's off the charts good. He's been playing great. He's a good southern golfer, I feel. He plays well on the southern courses, and he's had a red-hot season, so I think the value's there for him. Boom. Another guy who we've all heard of, Sung J.M., he's been an absolute stud this year, consistent stud. He's off of uh, 15th place last week. He's had a couple of second places recently. How do you not pick this guy for his ball striking? Yeah. Next up, I'm looking at Adam Scott. Not just because he's the most handsome man in the world, not just because he has (laughs) the long putter and I sympathize with his shaky hands on the greens, but he's fresh off of two top fives. And his game's really trending well, so... Scotty is going to hopefully be climbing that leaderboard this week, followed by Victor Hovland, mm. another great player who I really love. They've been they haven't he hasn't been in great form in the past couple of events, but he is coming off of a good year. He's ball striking he, paradise. Great ball striker. Uh did great at the British and he's a young guy with a lot of momentum. Vicky's going to take the HOV lane. HOV, baby. Possibly to victory. Wow. We'll see. Good pun. That was a good pun. Coming runner-up, I've got Justin Thomas. Ooh, JT runner-up. JT's got a great, great history at Eastlake. He plays well in big moments. He had a good week last week with the top five. And I look for him to make a big jump up the leaderboard. He's at 9,400. Not bad value for a guy of that caliber. And my winner, I'm going with uh, Rory McIlroy. Ever mm, heard of him? I have. He is off of a top 10 last week. He came in eighth. He's got a lot of stuff going on off the course, which could be good or bad for him. But I like to think that he's going to rally. And the other guys are, are just super expensive. So I like this line. And uh, I'd love to hear your lines as well. Yeah, it's honestly solid line. And it is weird with this week and how the – positions are and everything in DraftKings. So it is tough. It's tough to build a really solid line that's going to be epic because you got it's very top heavy, you know, of course, so you can only throw in some balance. And and the positions are all wacky. So, you know, it to that beautiful line. Great thank, job. Good thank work. You, sir. Now we're rolling into Brendan's line because Brendan was second place there, so Brendan's oh, coming in hot with his line B. Let's hear it. Yeah, I came in second last week. I'm a piece of doo-doo. But, you know, I don't know. I went I went a different route this week because of the staggered start. So I do have a number of the same guys that you have. What the fuck's your name, Zach? Are you Zach? You can call me <laughs> Zach, of, but yeah, exactly. people call me Sack. Stack Zach. <laughs> All right. Well, anyways, whoever the fuck you are, <laughs> I have a number of. I got the fucking giggles here, guys. I got a number of the same guys that you have. Um, obviously, so I have, uh, I've got Rory this week. I got a little Sungjae action. I like mm. Adam Scott. I think he's a savvy vet and I got Jay's T Poston. So I got the, I got the, the postman, but who you, I do have that you don't is a man named Aaron Wise. I feel like he is very undervalued. Mm. He's sitting at even par to start the tournament. He's a nice iron player. He's well-rounded. He's been playing a lot of great golf. He's played well in 
a number of big tournaments this year, PGA Championship being one of them, where he had a, a T5, I believe. Um, so I think he com- comes out this week and has a nice weekend. Uh, maybe he works himself up into the top 15 or so. I don't know. He could be a little Ooh, creeper. Love that. And then uh, my winner, I'm going to go with Patrick Cantlay. I know he won last week. Ooh. Maybe I'm riding the bus a little bit. Yeah. Who cares? I'm joining. I'm I'm getting on. I'm going to ride cool. this thing to a, a repeat of the FedEx Cup. Okay? Wow. Doing it big. You know what? You got to respect that. I like that. him. You got to respect that. I like him. Yeah. And, you know, I had to think about this, too, from a standpoint of having that staggered start. You got to look at guys that you realistically think one of them is going to have a chance to win. Rory could come back, sure. But after being down, I don't know, four or five strokes to start, what's your realistic opportunity to win there? So I'm going with Cantlay. He starts two back of Scheffler. I think he makes it up on the first day. Doesn't look back. Wow. Mm. Good line. Solid fucking line. Really solid Way to end it out. Well, I stumbled through that just as bad as my uh, shitty lineup last week. So let's get over to the winner from last week, Sherm. Toss out your lineup. Let's see what it looks like. <sighs> Going a little KH lead started off. Mm. I like him even here, and I know he likes a challenge in crowded fields. I love how he plays in a good crowded field. He's like a, you know, Kitayama. I think he's like a, give me, give me that. He's like, he wants the competition. He wants that fierce nature. And I think this kid's worked his ass off for it. So he deserves to be here, and I think he's going to show it come Thursday. Second, rolling in, Matt Fitzpatrick, my boy who I called as the winner. One of the majors this year. Incredible. Just such a great golfer. And I just think his stuff is everything that we need this week for this course. I think everything about him just screams Eastlake. And I think he's going to play really well. Slight newbie to it. I think, you know, he creates some magic. And we start seeing the the essence of Matt Fitzpatrick kind of seep in. Stallings. Little Scott Stallings, mm. man. Oh, off a hot, hot finish. Throwing him out there. I just, hot finish. Something about this guy. There's some magic about him that he's just playing so well. He's got that nasty putter. Can drive it. I mean, he the guy, the guy knows what he's doing. And I just think that he's on this nice roll. And after last week, that momentum is tough to break. So I'd say he's one of my guys. Yeah. As the rest of you, we all share the same pick in our son, J.M., we all love this guy. I mean, he's been in our hearts now, just like Tom Kim, the tank. I mean, we're, you know, come on, we're, we're, we're rooting for these guys. And how could you hate on young, incredibly talented golfers doing their thing, competing with the best unreal. Speaking of young competitive golfers competing with the best that are unreal, noticing a trend here in my lineup, Joaquin Neiman. So Ooh. just another young gun, ready to go, firing it out. Chilean. Iron game, sharp Chilean. Just just going for it. And I don't care about the starts. I just, these guys are going to bring it. I just want scores for my DraftKings lineup to hold it up. They don't necessarily all have to win. They just all have to play really well. And then my winner, in the face of adversity, Cam Smith is going to come out there fucking swinging. Oh, Swinging. Cam. And he's going to beat everybody. He's just going to say, fuck you, big old two middle fingers up right before I leave to live golf and make all this money. He's going to be like, wow. you know what? You guys can't say shit because I'm going to win this tour championship starting six strokes back. And you guys aren't going to be able to say a fucking thing for eternity after I leave for live. I think that's what's going to happen. I think I'm calling that 
word for word. Oh my god, that we'll would see. be epic. We'll see. Fucking bold, man. That is. Bold. I love it though. I love it. Yeah. I mean, that guy You're a is cowboy. an absolute bird. He's a birdie machine. He could definitely do it. Of anybody he's in that pissed. group, aside from Rory, I think he's the other guy that could make that big run. I think I just ultimately went up with with Rory because when you look at them, Cam's got the edge approach wise. Uh, and putter-wise, but Rory's still great in both those categories. The edge is Rory bombs his ball a little further, even though they're, neither one of them are great accuracy off the tee. Right. But I feel like that'll position him to have better approach shots. But Play I like your winners. bold pick. Yeah. Rory McIlroy, Cam Smith, Patrick Cantley. Those are our three called winners projected. Yeah. Come Brendan, on, boys. Come on. If you guys don't win some money this week, Giddy throw on those three. I mean, put $10 on each one of those three in some DraftKings Sportsbook. Come yeah. on. Well, all season long, we've been giving you our picks. We've been giving you our winners, our top six. We've been doing some fun content and videos. We're only going to produce more for you guys. Now that the PGA season's kind of winded down, we're going to take this off time to focus on really generating some badass content for you guys. We got the website coming soon within a matter of weeks. We got the merch store coming in soon in a matter of weeks. We got a bunch of cool shit coming. We got the blog. We got other TikTok and all this other cool stuff we're doing. Please stay tuned to Good Lies Golf. Don't give up on us. We're here. We're here to give you content every week. We're not going anywhere. And, you know, we're the boys from Good Lies. And we just can't wait to take you on this journey with us. Everything we're doing. Stoked. We had a great season. How you boys feel? Oh, it's been he, a great it's been a great season with you guys talking Pam, golf. Pam, Pam. Is that is that ketchup and onion? Now the tuxedos seem a little fucked up. <laughs> and that brings you another episode of Good Lies Golf, the first season. Wow. Look at us, huh? Oh my god! Look at us. We're flying. Look at us. Not, not us, buddy. Look at us. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not you. Brendan playing Elks Run this week, you lucky bastard. Look at you. One of uh. the nice, finest courses that Ohio has to offer. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that, but it's definitely a hidden gem. Oof. You know, See, that's little, what I disagree with. A little home course for me. Great course. I usually play it like once a week during the summer. I haven't gotten out there yet, so I'm, I'm stoked to go see what it looks like, the condition, have the birds chirping, sun shining on my face, Little warming my balls. Yeah. Woo! Pours light from the turn, <laughs> baby. Oh, baby. Crack crispy. a freshie. There's definitely going to be some burn and crispy there. Well, have fun, enjoy, and cheers to yeah. the guys. And thank all you guys for listening. We appreciate every one of you. We do. And hopefully you all break 100. Cheers. Leave a, leave a message at the beep.